2 Kings, chapter 24. During Jehoiakim's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked. Jehoiakim was his subject for three years, but then he rebelled against him. The Lord sent against him Babylonians, Syria, Moabite, and Ammonite raiding bands. He sent them to destroy Judah, just as in the Lord's message that he had announced through his servants, the prophets. Just as the Lord had announced, he rejected Judah because of all the sins that Manasseh had committed. Because he killed innocent people and stained Jerusalem with their blood, the Lord was unwilling to forgive them. The rest of the events of Jehoiakim's reign and all the accomplishments are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Judah. He passed away and his son Jehoiakim replaced him as king. The king of Egypt did not march out from his land again, for the king of Babylon conquered all the territory that the king of Egypt had formerly controlled between the stream of Egypt and the Euphrates River. Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan from Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord as his ancestors had done. At that time, the generals of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon marched to Jerusalem and besieged the city. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to the city while his generals were besieging it. King Jehoiakim of Judah, along with his mother, his servants, his officials and his eunuchs, surrendered to the king of Babylon. The king of Babylon, in the eighth year of his reign, took Jehoiakim prisoner. Nebuchadnezzar took from there all the riches and the treasuries of the king's temple and the royal palace. He removed all the gold items that King Solomon of Israel had made for the Lord's temple, just as the Lord had warned. He deported all the residents of Jerusalem, including all the officials and all the soldiers, 10,000 people in all. This included all the craftsmen and those who worked with metal. No one was left except for the poorest among the people of the land. He deported Jehoiakim from Jerusalem to Babylon, along with the king's mother and wives, his eunuchs and high-ranking officials of the land. The king of Babylon deported to Babylon all the soldiers, there were 7,000, as well as 1,000 craftsmen and metal workers. These included all the best warriors. The king of Judah made Mataniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in Jehoiakim's place. He renamed him Zedekiah. Zedekiah's reign over Judah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he ruled for 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. He did evil in the sight of the Lord as Jehoiakim had done. What follows is a record of what happened to Jerusalem and Judah because of the Lord's anger. He finally threw them out of his presence. Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. 2 Kings chapter 25 So King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came against Jerusalem with his whole army and set up camp outside it. They built siege ramps all around it. He arrived on the tenth day of the tenth month in the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign. The city remained under siege until King Zedekiah's eleventh year. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city was so severe that the residents had no food. The enemy broke through the city walls and all the soldiers tried to escape. They left the city during the night. They went through the garden gate between the two walls, which is near the king's gardens. The Babylonians were all around the city. 
They then headed for the Rift Valley, but the Babylonian army chased after the king. They caught up with him in the Rift Valley of Jericho, and his entire army deserted him. They captured the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, where he passed sentence on him. Zedekiah's sons were executed while Zedekiah was forced to watch. The king of Babylon then had Zedekiah's eyes put out, bound him in bronze chains and carried him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar destroys Jerusalem. On the seventh day of the fifth month in the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard who served the king of Babylon, arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the Lord's temple, the royal palace and all the houses in Jerusalem, including every large house. The whole Babylonian army that came with the captain of the royal guard tore down the walls that surrounded Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, deported the rest of the people who were left in the city, those who had deserted to the king of Babylon and the rest of the craftsmen. But he left behind some of the poor of the land and gave them fields and vineyards. The Babylonians broke the two bronze pillars in the Lord's temple, as well as the movable stands and the, and the big bronze basin called the sea. They took the bronze to Babylon. They also took the pots, shovels, trimming shears, pans, and all the bronze utensils used by the priest. The captain of the royal guard took the gold and silver censers and basins. The bronze of the items that King Solomon made for the Lord's temple, including the two pillars, the, the big bronze basin called the sea, the twelve bronze bulls under the sea and the movable stands, was too heavy to be weighed. Each of the pillars was about twenty-seven feet high. The bronze top of one pillar was about four and a half feet high and had bronze latticework and pomegranate-shaped ornaments all around it. The second pillar, with its latticework, was like it. The captain of the royal guard took Serariah, the chief priest, and Zephaniah, the priest who was second in rank, and the three doorkeepers. From the city he took a eunuch who was in charge of the soldiers, five of the king's advisers who were discovered in the city, an official army secretary who drafted citizens for military service, and sixty citizens from the people of the land who were discovered in the city. Nebuzaradin, captain of the royal guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. The king of Babylon ordered them to be executed at Riblah in the territory of Hamath. So Judah was deported from its land. Gedaliah appointed governor. Now King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan, as governor over the people whom he allowed to remain in the land of Judah. All the officers of the Judite army and their troops heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah to govern. So they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. The officers who came were Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, Johan, son of Korea, Serariah, son of Tanhumeth, and Netophanite, and Jazaniah, son of Machathite. Gedaliah took an oath so as to give them and their troops some assurance of safety. He said, You don't need to be afraid to submit to the Babylonian officials. Settle down in the land and submit to the king of Babylon. Then things will go well for you. 
But in the seventh month, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, son of Elishama, who was a member of the royal family, came with ten of his men and murdered Gedaliah, as well as the Judeans and Babylonians who were with him in Mizpah. Then all the people from the youngest to the oldest, as well as the army officers, left for Egypt, because they were afraid of what the Babylonians might do. Jehoiakim in Babylon In the thirty-seventh year of the exile of King Jehoiakim of Judah, on the twenty-seventh day of the twelfth month, King Evil Moradak of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, pardoned King Jehoiakim of Judah and released him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prestigious position than the other kings who were with him in Babylon. Jehoiakim took off his prison clothes and ate daily in the king's presence for the rest of his life. He was given daily provisions by the king for the rest of his life until the day he died. 2 Chronicles chapter 36 Jehoaz's Reign The people of the land took Jehoaz, son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoaz was twenty-three years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. The king of Egypt prevented him from ruling in Jerusalem and imposed on the land a special tax of one hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. The king of Egypt made Jehoahaz's brother Eliakim brother over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiakim. Necho seized his brother Jehoaz and took him to Egypt. Jehoiakim's reign. Jehoiakim was twenty-five years old when he became king and he reigned for eleven years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked him, bound him with bronze chains, and carried him away to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar took some of the items in the Lord's temple to Babylon and put them in his palace there. The rest of the events of Jehoiakim's reign, including the horrible sins he committed and his shortcomings, are recorded in the scroll of kings of Israel and Judah. His son Jehoiachin replaced him as king. Jehoiachin's reign. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. At the beginning of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered him to be brought to Babylon, along with the valuable items in the Lord's temple. In his place, Nebuchadnezzar made Jehoiachin's relative Zedekiah king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah's reign. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he ruled for 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, the Lord's spokesman. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who made him vow allegiance in the name of God. He was stubborn and obstinate and refused to return to the Lord God of Israel. All the leaders of the priests and the people became more unfaithful and committed the same horrible sins practiced by the nations. They defiled the Lord's temple, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. The Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem. The Lord God of their ancestors continually warned them through his messengers, for he felt compassion for his people and his dwelling place. But they mocked God's messengers, despised his warnings, and ridiculed his prophets. Finally, the Lord got very angry at his people and there was no one who could prevent his judgment. He brought against them the king of the Babylonians, who slaughtered their young men in their temple. He did not spare young men or young women, or even the old and ageing.
God handed everyone over to him. He carried away to Babylon all the items in God's temple, whether large or small, as well as what was in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king and his officials. They burned down God's temple, tore down the war of Jerusalem. They burned all its fortified buildings and destroyed all its valuable items. He deported to Babylon all who escaped the sword. They served him and his sons until the Persian kingdom rose to power. This took place to fulfil the Lord's message spoken through Jeremiah and lasted until the land experienced its sabbatical years. All the time of its desolation the land rested in order to fulfil the seventy years. Cyrus allows the exiles to go home. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in fulfilment of the Lord's message spoken through Jeremiah, the Lord motivated King Cyrus of Persia to issue a proclamation throughout his kingdom and also to put it in writing. It read, This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build a temple for him in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any one of his people among you may go up there, and may the Lord his God be with him. Psalm 126, A Song of Ascents When the Lord restored the well-being of Zion, we thought we were dreaming. At that time we laughed loudly and shouted for joy. At that time the nation said, The Lord has accomplished great things for these people. The Lord did indeed accomplish great things for us. We were happy. O Lord, restore our well-being, just as the streams in the arid south are replenished. Those who shed tears as they plant will shout for joy when they reap the harvest. The one who weeps as he walks along, carrying his bag of seed, will certainly come in with a shout of joy, carrying his sheaves of grain. 1 Peter chapter 3 Wives and Husbands In the same way wives be subject to your own husbands. Then even if some are disobedient to the word, they will be won over without a word by the way you live when they see your pure and reverent conduct. Let your beauty not be external, the braiding of your hair and wearing of gold jewellery or fine clothes, but the inner person of the heart, the lasting beauty of a gentle and tranquil spirit, which is precious in God's sight. For in the same way the holy women who hoped in God long ago adorned themselves by being subject to their husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You become her children when you do what is good and have no fear in doing so. Husbands, in the same way, treat your wives with consideration as the weaker partners and show them honour as fellow heirs of the grace of life. In this way, nothing will hinder your prayers. Suffering for doing good. Finally, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, affectionate, compassionate and humble. Do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead bless others because you were called to inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from uttering deceit. And he must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and the ears are open to their prayer. But the Lord's face is against those who do evil. For who is going to harm you if you are devoted to what is good? 
But in fact, if you happen to suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not be terrified of them or be shaken. But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. Yet do it with courtesy and respect, keeping a good conscience, so that those who slander your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame when they accuse you. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if God wills it, than for doing evil. Because Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, to bring you to God, by being put to death in the flesh, but by being made alive in the Spirit, in it he went and preached to the spirits in prison. After they were disobedient long ago, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah as an ark was being constructed, in the ark a few, that is eight souls, were delivered through water. And this preconfigured baptism, which now saves you, not the washing off of physical dirt, but the pledge of a good conscience to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who went into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers subject to him.